Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. It's the first day of Black History Month, and we're bringing back our special series, Black Queer Rising. All month, we're talking with Black LGBTQ elected officials, changemakers, artists, activists, and influencers, and exploring all the intersections of Black queer excellence. According to the LGBTQ Victory Institute, which trains and advocates for queer political candidates and office holders, the number of LGBTQ people holding political office doubled in the past six years. Despite this increase, the Victory Institute also reports that as of 2022, queer people account for only 0.2% of elected public office holders. That's far short of the more than 7% of the population that identifies as LGBTQ. So, even though it's 2023, many Black queer elected officials are making contemporary Black history as the firsts. In November 2022, Devontae Lewis became the first Black openly LGBTQ public official elected to state government in Louisiana. Devante, welcome to The Takeaway. Thank you for having me. Devante, you were elected public service commissioner. First, what does a Louisiana public service commissioner do? Yes, so the Louisiana Public Service Commission is an elected body of five members who represent over a million people each. And we are utility regulators. We regulate electricity, sewage, water, uh, pipelines, interstate commerce, taxi cabs, trucking. Um, and we are really the, the body that is the start of the investments in renewable energy. And so we are one of 11 elected utility commissions across the nation. Most are appointed by their legislator or their governor. Um, and in Louisiana, we're the only constitutionally created body, which means the legislative branch and to an extent the judicial branch has no control over us. We are completely independent. So it's by far um, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful uh, utility commission in the nation. Wow. I'm struck a million people you are representing. That number did not go by me <laughs> without making an impression. Uh, Devante, can you tell me about the Ratepayers' Bill of Rights and what difference this could make for ordinary citizens in Louisiana? Absolutely. Louisiana is one of the most impoverished state in the nation, actually the most impoverished state in the nation, where our average annual income is 47,000 people. And, and my district stretches from the start of the part of the Mississippi River in, in East Baton Rouge Parish. Um, and I run through what is called the river parishes along the Mississippi River, and I end up um, with almost all of the city of New Orleans. And so we know that poverty is prevalent here, especially uh, among black and brown individuals. My district is 60% black. And so what the Ratepayers Bill of Rights was talking about was ensuring that in utility uh, regulations, we talked about consumer protection. So that is putting a moratorium on utility service cutoffs, because we know uh, utilities, in my view, are a human right. You should have a right to a cool house in the summer uh, and a warm house uh, in mm. the winter. It was about reining in the excessive late fees. Um, and so what this Bill of Rights is, is about reining in um, and really centering people and not utility companies um, and large corporations in determining how services are delivered to the people. Devante, can you tell me a little bit more about your background? Where'd you grow up? 
Yeah, so I am a Louisianian boy. I was uh, born and raised in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is on the western side of the state. I've been a, a, a big kind of just community activist. I got my start when I was President Obama's Louisiana high school coordinator, and I worked uh, getting high school students to make calls in Iowa and New Hampshire and, and wow. South Carolina to really say, yes, we can. And then from there, just kept my community involvement up. I uh, ran for school board. At the age of 18, uh, I then uh, stayed very active in higher education, was the student body president for two years at my college in, in Louisiana. And then I took a break <laughs> uh, and I needed, I needed a pause. And so I became an elementary school teacher teaching our young boys and girls. Um, so I returned back uh, to Louisiana, where I currently work at the Louisiana Budget Project, which is a nonpartisan, nonprofit policy think and do tank that works on issues that really affect um, low and moderate income families. We want to eradicate poverty and we want to ensure that Louisiana is a place that has racial justice. And so that's the work I'm doing. And that's what propelled me into this race. Uh, hold on with me for one sec, Devante. We're going to be right back in just a moment. The archives at Carnegie Hall hold treasures from our cultural history. In the new podcast, If This Hall Could Talk, we use these items as touchstones to explore how the past shaped the world we live in today. I'm your host, Jessica Vosk, and I'll be joined by historians, performers, cultural critics, and others to look back at the iconic venue's legendary and sometimes quirky history. If This Hall Could Talk, from Carnegie Hall and distributed by WQXR. Listen wherever you get podcasts. It's the takeaway. It's the takeaway, and we're back with Black Queer Rising on this first day of Black History Month 2023. Still with me is Devante Lewis, District 3 Public Commissioner in Louisiana. And Devante, I have to say, Louisiana politics has a bit of a reputation. Um, even in your own election, there were reports about how big energy tried to use big money to support your opponent. How do you want to go about tackling this kind of corruption, real or perceived? Absolutely. I mean, I think it is a, 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 a shame in the state of Louisiana that the industry that we regulate on the Public Service Commission are legally allowed to donate to us. So think about that. Uh, our, your utility company can donate up to $10,000 to a candidate who could potentially win an election to regulate them. Um, and I just think that is just a, a breach of trust with the public. So I am working uh, diligently to introduce a bill in our state legislature um, to put, to enshrine that in state law. But I'm also looking at an internal rule in the Public Service Commission that says if you are a sitting commissioner on the commission, you are not allowed to take a campaign donation from an entity that you regulate because it just it doesn't make sense. And I think the public uh, sees that as something that 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 just shouldn't be done. Hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about your race for a moment. That incumbent, uh, Lambert Bossier, easily won the crowded nonpartisan jungle primary. But then you, a newcomer, won with nearly 60 percent of the vote in the general election runoff. How'd you do it? Yeah, I mean, we had a strategy from day one that this was about mobilizing people and making sure that we connected with people. We were in every community. Uh, we were on every platform. Uh, and we were talking about the issues that really mattered uh, to people. I think for so long, these, these races have gone with whoever has the most money, who has the governor and the congressman and the former congressman um, as their endorsers, and just ignored 
uh, the suffering of people. And so what we did is uh, we knew that it was going to be very hard to win in round one. As you talked about, Louisiana has a jungle primary. Um, and so we were very strategic that we needed somewhere between 20 to 15 points, uh, percentage points to get in that runoff. But when we had that one-on-one -on -one match and we could talk about those issues and, and make a contrast about the future of Louisiana, um, we could do it. So uh, we worked with grassroots organizations. We worked with people um, like the Sierra Club and, uh, and DSA and Sunrise Movement of New Orleans. We had our religious folks and together Louisiana, which brings together a bunch of pastors. We had uh, voters organized to educate an organization that's made up of formerly incarcerated people who are making a difference uh, in their society. And when we all joined forces together, uh, we were able to beat back the establishment, the machine, um, and, and, and industry for too long who have controlled Louisiana politics. Devante, let me go ahead and ask the question, how are you feeling about being the history-making first? It's a, it's a wild feeling. I mean, it, you, you, you don't want to center yourself in history, right? Because you are in this movement to do the work. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't take uh, this lightly. I understand that my success breeds success for other people, um, which means I am more dedicated and more committed to the work that I was elected to do. Uh, because I know when you become the first, you hold the the, the baton for everybody else. If, if you do bad, then it's maybe you shouldn't have um, a, a black person in office. Maybe you shouldn't have someone as young as me. Maybe you shouldn't have someone from the LGBTQIA uh, population. And so while I, I feel the gratitude um, that I was able to break a barrier, I also feel the public responsibility to ensure uh, that I just do the job so we don't have these barriers for the person behind me. Hmm. Louisiana, along with Mississippi and Alabama, have never elected an out black queer person to the state legislature. What are you hoping your candidacy and victory will mean in this region of the country? I think the South is rising. I think this showcases that a new South is on the horizon. I think for too long, the South has been identified as a place based off of its typical white um, Christ, uh, Christian extremism um, that has kind of dictated our political system and our and our conversation. I um, mean, so what I'm hoping is that this shows that when we just connect with people, um, we can do this. I I, I didn't just win uh, the black vote. I won the white vote in this race. I won up and down uh, the district, run even in conservative areas in my district, uh, as well as some of the most liberal parts of the state of Louisiana. I mean, so what I hope this shows is that when we just Commit ourselves to the race and, and don't let people define what is electable um, and who can be electable. We can make change. And so I think it is the changing of the guard. It is changing of the narrative of who a candidate can be, who a candidate should be, um, and letting the people of our communities have a voice. And when they have a voice, I think a lot of barriers can be broken. Devante, you are inevitably going to inspire other people, but who are some or who were or are some of your inspirations? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think when, when I think about this moment and where I've gotten, I think about people who laid the groundwork. I, I often say um, so many laid the foundation for me and I'm just working on the building. And so I think of the intellectual fight that James Baldwin led for so long that kind of mm -hmm. set my mindset and my theory. I think of 
uh, community activists like uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, who who decided just to challenge the system, whether it was people who naturally wanted to agree with her or people who were adversarial uh, to her. Um, I think where I, I got inaugurated at the Louisiana Old State Capitol and right outside of that Capitol is the plaque where the first bus boycott started in 1953 right here in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. Louisiana, where I hail. So I think about all 10 uh, of, of those, Pastor T.J. Jemison, who really sparked a movement. And if we we look at Black history, knows that uh, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King looked to Baton Rouge uh, for the Montgomery bus boycott. And so to, 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 to live uh, two blocks from their house, to, to get inaugurated from the, the, the bus stop, um, of the Baton Rouge bus boycott, which sparked the civil rights n- movement in this nation. Uh, those are the people that really guide me. And so it's the history of what foundation we have laid and how do I continue to build on that history that so many um, have laid for me. Mm. Devonte Lewis, Public Service Commissioner for Louisiana's 3rd District, is the state's first black, openly LGBTQ plus elected state official. Devonte. Thank you for joining The Takeaway. Thank you so much for having me.